with Industry 4.0, we're really looking at ways and methods to use AI and artificial intelligence and other methods to make that machine, if not self-aware, but being able to modify itself, modify its parameters so that it does function fairly similar to a washing machine where you put things in, you press the go button, and parts come out when they're done. That's John Belding, director of the Advanced Manufacturing Center at the University of Maine, talking about what the future may look like for the manufacturing economy in Maine and beyond. I'm Ron Lisnett, and this is the Maine Question Podcast. Making things has been a big part of Maine's economy pretty much from its very beginnings. Whether it's making a log from a tree, to making paper, to building boats, or even earmuffs, the manufacturing of a product is a piece of the economy that every state and every country seeks out. Adding value to a raw material or creating something from scratch creates a multiplier effect that can boost an economy more than a company that is maybe just in the service industry or in retail. The manufacturing economy in Maine is definitely evolving. There are fewer big paper mills and many more smaller companies doing high-tech, precision manufacturing. But that evolution is not without its challenges. Innovating, testing out new ideas and technologies, doing R&D, which doesn't always pan out, can challenge the resources of a small company. That's where UMaine's Advanced Manufacturing Center comes in. Since its founding almost 20 years ago, they have worked with thousands of companies in Maine and beyond to help them meet these challenges. Are they bringing on a new machine or technology? Are they trying to build a new part or product? The AMC functions as a sort of R&D lab, working with these companies to evolve and progress and move into new areas, relieving these firms of the burden that comes with funding the equipment and personnel to do R&D. The AMC has helped create or save many jobs. They've added to the bottom line of many firms. Beyond that, many engineering students who have worked at AMC have been hired by these companies and brought along their state-of-the-art skills. In this episode, we dive into the role that the AMC plays for main companies that build things and ask the main question. What does the future look like for manufacturing in Maine? John, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. The AMC has been a fixture on this campus for a while now, and a lot of people might wonder, well, what is that big building behind Stevens Hall and what, what goes on in there? So maybe just let's start here. What is the AMC? Why was it created? And, and what is the, the big picture mission you have there? Yeah, the Advanced Manufacturing Center was actually started back in uh, 2002. So we're coming up on our 20th anniversary. Um, the AMC was put into place as an economic development engine for the state of Maine, especially around manufacturing. Um, the previous dean, Laurel Matthews, um, had a center similar to this down in Texas and saw it as a really good opportunity for the state of Maine to invest in a center and research facility, applied research facility, that can help Maine companies and businesses further um, advance their manufacturing needs and also find ways to improve their bottom lines and help with economic development within manufacturing. There's a lot of different parts to the economy. There's certainly the service sector and retail and a number of other things. What part does manufacturing play in Maine's economy and why are manufacturing jobs so highly sought after? Do they bring a higher rate of return per job or, or what have you in terms of their economic value? As they say, in manufacturing, there's a multiplication factor that is fairly high compared to other other industries. 
And that multiplication factor is kind of the trickle-down effect of manufacturing jobs. So every manufacturing job, I forget what the exact number is, but has a two to three times X factor of other industries that, that feed into that single industry. And so, you know, one manufacturing job, as they are very well-paying jobs, um, so that sometimes they're higher than other sectors, um, but they also have that multiplication factor where there's other industries in the state of Maine that are supporting that manufacturing job as well. So it affects a lot of, lot of the economy of the state. Maybe you could talk a little bit about manufacturing in Maine. The state certainly has a rich history if you look at paper mills and a number of other industries. What has manufacturing looked like in the past and what is the sort of the present situation in terms of manufacturing jobs in the manufacturing industry in Maine? The manufacturing industry in Maine has traditionally been resource-based, so relying on all of the resources that Maine has to offer. So you have the paper mills, you have the wood products industries, you have fishing, you have a lot of things, you know, that, that revolve around what the state has as natural resources. And that continues to be, you know, a very strong industry to, uh, to this day. Um, but we're also looking at ways we can improve and, and utilize those industries in much more advanced ways. Um, for example, um, creating biofuels out of, out of the, you know, the wood products where they used to traditionally go into, you know, paper and, and wood products. So can you create, you know, basically biofuels out of that waste product that's coming out of that industry? But there's a lot of new industries as well, and Maine does really good with niche uh, manufacturing that's only done here in the state, and you know, and it's it's fairly new, it's very unique. Um, a lot of these smaller companies, for example, like a company called Intention here in Bangor, they make trade show booths for you know large trade shows, and it's a very unique industry. There's not. I think they only have one or two competitors across the U.S., but it's basically aluminum structure with a, you know, a fabric that goes over the top of it. And, you know, it's just a fairly unique industry that you don't see in a lot of places, but it does really well in Maine because we have a really good solid wood workforce that, you know, is is well advanced and, um, you know, very meticulous as well and does a great job making that type of things. It's a little bit challenging for them under uh, the COVID times, but I'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. There obviously are bigger, more traditional manufacturing concerns like paper, but what you're saying, I guess, is that there's more high-tech precision, cutting-edge manufacturing, a lot of smaller companies, basically. So so how big a part overall does manufacturing play in Maine's economy now? It's a large part of the Maine economy. And it's everything from, you know, machining for aerospace to, like, the company I mentioned, Intention, to even medical devices, medical products, machinery and equipment, um, paper manufacturing, biomedical type stuff as well as like Jackson Labs and there's a lot of other labs, IDEX, things like that, to very large companies that are doing chips as well, so Texas Instruments and, and those types of industries. So you're almost 20 years old. Any idea how many companies you've worked with over that time and, and how does it work? How do you come in contact with a company and start to help them figure out some of the issues they have? We work with over about 50 different companies a year uh, t traditionally. And, um, you know, and, and those range from very small projects where we're just doing a one-off piece, uh, you know, for $100 or $200, all the way up to, you know, $200,000 full automation projects. And uh, how we work with companies is we sit down with them, understand, or go visit them, 
and understand exactly what they're having for issues in their manufacturing. So usually it we, we need to be a partnership with the company we're working for. If somebody's just quoting, you know, I need this widget made at, you know, they're quoting that to five different machine shops, we're not going to quote on that because we don't want to compete with the private sector. With these, you know, partnerships that we do with companies, we sit down with them, understand exactly what the product or help they need and what the research project's going to be. We come up with a complete scope of work and then quote that and then we work with them on that contract uh, to deliver that product or or components to them. Do companies that work with you get to basically try things out that they couldn't on their own? They're effectively using you as an an R&D lab in a way? A lot of companies we work with are smaller, uh, medium-sized companies that don't have large engineering resources within their own facility or they may not have the engineering resources on some newer technologies. And so we help fill that niche or need for those companies, or they just don't have the capacity to be able to do it as well. That's another big one. With that, we're also training students. And um, so they see a big value in students being trained on working on those um, small individual projects for that company. And so we'll take a look at it and if it makes sense and if they have, you know, a a good timeline, you know, if somebody needs it next day, sometimes that's not a great fit for us just because, um, you know, we try to meet their timelines. We need a little bit of time for students to be able to get involved. And so we need enough time to be able to, to work through that project for them. With students, they get, uh, experience just like any other engineer would. Um, they jump into a project from day one And most of our students are undergrads, um, but we'll jump into a project, work with a customer through a full design process, do the full design, manufacture the product, put the product together, and then deliver the product to the customer. So um, the staff and students do that as a collaboration, uh, but the students get to experience all of those steps in the process. So they have a lot of opportunities at AMC. Have a lot of them moved into the workforce of some of these companies that you've worked with? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our, our students are sought after almost before they graduate. Uh, for example, this year we have two students that have gone over to the company Intention um, that have worked on projects for that company. And the company saw value and said, hey, let's bring them in as internships before they even graduate and uh, hire them after they graduate. And so the company gets, you know, not just a project, but sometimes a stu- or, you know, an employee that already knows everything there is to know about that project as well. Any metrics you might have at your fingertips in terms of impact on company profits or jobs created, expenses saved, any success stories that you'd care to share? 2020 was kind of a very depressed year in some sectors, but manufacturing actually held fairly strong. We use the uh, main MEP metric process, so they send out surveys to all of the companies that we've worked with. And um, for the past year, we actually helped uh, facilitate in, uh, 32 new and retained jobs. And then $12.24 million in new sales, retained sales, new investment, and cost savings. And so that was, that was pretty strong for us, and that's a pretty good number for us for what we, you know, the impact that we have done um, over that year. That's a, that's a pretty good impact. We partner very closely with Maine MEP and the Manufacturers Association of Maine to make sure that our impact is, is as big as we can make it. And uh, we do a great job um, with those organizations. You've worked with hundreds of companies now by, by this point. Any projects or products or anything that sort of stick out as success stories or highlights in, in, that, in that entire time? Yeah, I'll talk about a couple different things. One is our um, 
COVID project that we're working on currently with Manufacturers Association of Maine and Maine MEP. It was a uh, CARES Act funded um, through Maine MEP, and then we also got follow-on funding from uh, the manufa- uh, MTI, the Maine Technology Institute. And what this project is, is to go around to 250 companies within the state of Maine and help them assess how they've been affected by COVID and downturn in the economy. And through that assessment process, then we identify um, about 50 companies that need remediation projects. And so what we will do is, um, and what we have been doing, is working through projects for those companies, small projects, they're about $5,000 value funded projects through the grant, and we can help them with some marketing assistance. We can help them with, you know, some equipment or other processes put in place. Um, the company I mentioned before, Intention, obviously their their biggest sales were uh, trade show booths. And we all know what happened to trade shows over the course of the past year. It's, you know, gone to zero. And so their sales evaporated overnight. So they said, all right, what are we going to do? What are we going to innovate and pivot uh, to? And they knew cloth and fabric. So we assisted them in um, looking and identifying the different fabrics that they have. Uh, identifying some actually very good ones that work for face masks. They put in some processes to actually make those face masks. And now they're selling a lot, um, pretty much all of their face masks to Northern Light. Um, and Northern Light uses them uh, when you go into a doctor's office or when you go to the cross center to get your uh, COVID shot. These are the face masks that they hand you to do that. And to continue on that, they said, hey, this is a pretty good job. There's nobody in New England that is producing face masks like this. And so they've purchased a automation machine that actually makes uh, face masks at a quite a large volume. And uh, now uh, there's a consultant that's been working through with them to to make sure that, you know, they can get FDA certified and all of that um, with that process. It's a great example of how, how this grant helps helps those companies be able to, you know, take that next step and uh, go forward with that. Another project we've been doing also with uh, Intention is um, helping them 3D print metal injection molds. So we have what's called CAM. It's a Center for Additive Manufacturing of Metals that's here at the AMC. This machine can print um, in metal, um, 3D print, just like you you know you would with a plastic 3D printer, but we're able to get uh, produce metal parts out of that machine. They were uh, tasked, intention was tasked, uh, making a little filter pod that goes over the end of a half-face respirator that they, the a lot of the um, emergency rooms physicians and um, other physicians use uh, during operations. And these face masks, unfortunately, have an exhalation valve on them, so the air is free to move out of the mask, but it's filtered going in. So it protects the wearer, but it does not protect other people in the room. And so they've the intention has developed a little filter to actually go over the end of that face mask respirator. And they needed uh, plastic parts printed or made that can produce this pod and so we they have a small injection molding machine and we worked with them they did the design on the mold and we 3d printed it for them and now it's in production and they can actually produce all of these filter pods uh, with the 3d printed molds some other companies again around covid 
company down in southern Maine called Entercon. Their customer came to them and said, hey, we would like you to produce what you normally produce a year. We would like that in a month. <laughs> so 12x. What they're producing is a fairly complex um, device and equipment that has a lot of components that need to be tested. And a lot of that testing was done manually. And we helped them come up with a system where they could use a cobot, which is a robot that is, you know, has sensors in it and it's safe to use around people. They're able to take that robot, um, they installed the robot, and we built these tray handling systems for them that could store um, thousands of parts and uh, two trays. I don't know if you ever go to the dining commons or whatever and they have the trays that are in the racks and the plate pops up top um, as you grab one off the stack. This is a very similar type of device um, that has all of the parts filled up in one side and then one side is empty. And what the robot does is it grabs a part off the untested side, puts it in the testing machine. The testing can take up to five minutes. Um, take it out of that machine and then puts it on the other tray once it's tested and says it's a good part. And then that keeps doing that and that robot can run lights out it can run 24 hours to 7 365 days a year it doesn't care um, what the weather's doing outside whether it's got COVID or not it just runs along and and produces those parts and it's not a great job anyways it's just somebody sitting there at a machine putting part in closing the door so it's a great application for a robot and that frees up their employees to be able to do more value-added projects and other other jobs as well what are some new technologies that people might not have heard about yet that, that get you guys in manufacturing excited? You mentioned additive manufacturing, robotics, forestry industry, and the new products coming out there. What, what really gets you guys up in the morning saying, I can't wait to, to dig in on this new technology? We've had some uh, great luck in the past few years getting some um, larger grants. Uh, we've received over $2.5 million of new funding to replace a lot of the equipment here at the Advanced Manufacturing Center. And when that happened, we really said, okay, what are the latest, newest, and greatest technologies that we need to make sure that we have here at our center that we can help main industry? And the first one was the metal 3D printing system. We had the first 3D metal printer here in the state of Maine. Other states have, you know, put these technologies in quite a few years ago, uh, but unfortunately, uh, none of that technology has kind of trickled down to the main economy. So we said, well, all right, well, how can we help? fix that. And uh, so we put a machine in and started doing projects for main industry. We had 30 partners that worked with us um, to understand the technology, to, to realize you know what the cost savings could be, how it are, operates, what type of training you need to have for the, your staff. And you know our goal is to have you know one of these machines in every manufacturing facility in the state of Maine. And um, Pratt & Whitney actually saw the value in that and um, understood the technology through our help and actually put one of the systems in at their facility down in Berwick. And so it's been a great partnership with them. We're here to help facilitate that by testing it out. Um, companies can come to us and say, hey, here's a part I would like metal 3D printed. And we can work with them to basically understand how the machine works, how the machine has to print that part. Um, there's, you know, It's not quite the same as just subtractive machining a piece of metal into the part when you're doing additive. There so need, needs to be a lot of design considerations. And uh, we can help companies navigate those waters and then understand the cost, understand the technology, and see if it makes sense for their facility as well. Some other technologies that we're putting into place is a brand new lathe. We, so we put in an Akuma uh, lathe that has uh, four axes 
plus live tooling. So it's is a, not a brand new technology, but um, one that is more mainstream now and trying to get students and engineers um, up to speed on what it can do. It's a great, great machine to learn, teach students on because they will see that type of equipment when they go out into industry. Some other equipment, we're putting into place what's called a uh, laser, six kilowatt laser, a fiber laser. And this is, will be a five foot by 10 foot laser. So it has a pretty large footprint and it's full five axis. So the head on it can um, swivel in five axes. And this machine will also be able to do directed energy deposition. And what that is, is it injects powdered metal into the laser beam and that laser beam welds it onto the substrate uh, down on the table. And so we can build parts up and then those parts can be then put into a milling machine and our uh, large big five axis milling machine and machined if need be or you can leave them um, as printed as well. And you can also do a combination of that. You can print some, machine it, print it more. Sounds like you have a a growing and a good reputation among manufacturers across the state. Can you just talk about that? And also, you're part of the College of Engineering, obviously, here. How does the AMC fit into the college's mission? I'll talk about the college mission first. We really uh, embrace, you know, the, the training and teaching that all of the, the uh, students, uh, engineering students, get at the University of Maine. And we have a very strong engineering college, and the AMC is an extension of that, and we help companies um, and students learn and realize um, what it is to be an engineer. So students get a lot of great classroom experience and um, but not you know not a lot of hands-on. There is some hands-on in the MET program but the ME program doesn't have quite as much. But all the students that come through the AMC really know what it is to work on a engineering project and and then be able to work with peers, work with electrical engineers, work with mechanical engineers to basically make something from scratch all the way up through to a fully operational piece of equipment. And that gives students um, a great experience on what their abilities are and also how to take their book knowledge and put that to use in an applied manner. And so, you know, we really see us as, you know, helping the college of, you know, get outreach uh, to main industry, but also training students as well. So as you look out into the future, what, what excites you in terms of where manufacturing can go in the state of Maine and what we might see in you know, the next decade or so? Everybody's kind of heard about Industry 4.0, so uh, the fourth industrial revolution of manufacturing. And we see this as um, a very unique opportunity to make machines smarter and able to basically do more on their own. So a good analogy for Industry 4.0 um, on what it is, because everybody kind of hears about it uh, potentially, but don't really understand it. Think of your washing machine at home. You know, you don't need to sit there and operate your washing machine. You, you close the door, you press the button, and away it goes, and your clothes are done when they come out. And that's not the case a lot of times with a lot of manufacturing equipment. Um, that manufacturing equipment needs to be stopped and tweaked. You need to load different parts into it. You need to do a lot of different things that take time during that manufacturing process. But with Industry 4.0, um, we're really looking at ways and methods to use AI and artificial intelligence and other methods to make that machine if not self-aware, but being able to modify itself, modify its parameters so that it does function fairly similar to a washing machine where you put things in, you press the go button, and the parts come out when they're done. We're really looking at new technologies, 
robotics is another technology as well that we're looking at. So the cobots, um, but also other universal robots that can work around people, but also work separately. And these can be used for a lot of um, very monotonous tasks that, you know, companies have and need to get done, but uh, necessarily, you know, can't really hire people to do it because people don't want to sit there all day long doing these very monotonous tasks. And so we can help facilitate some of that training and learning similar to what we did with the metal 3D printing system. And so that what really excites us, I think, is those new technologies on, on marrying all of those tasks together and uh, helping companies understand that. And it's really a big workforce development challenge as well because there's not a lot of engineers or employees currently that have a lot of that technology and know-how. So there's going to be a lot of training coming up to do that as well. We'll have to wait a little longer for the Terminator robots, right? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and excited to see where everything's going to go. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you want to learn more about the AMC and the work they do with Maine companies, head to umaine.edu slash AMC. All of our podcast episodes can be found on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Send us your questions or comments at mainquestion at maine.edu. This is Ron Lisnett. We'll catch you next time on The Main Question.